Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Loot Syrup, your audio pleasure treasure. My name is Thievesy, and today I want to talk about sweet, sweet music. Yay! Most of you have likely experienced your fair share of live music events. Maybe not all of you, but I think it's pretty fair to say most of you likely have. Sometimes it ends up being one of the best experiences of your life, and other times, like when you're next to the drunkest shit at the show, for instance, or the artist doesn't sound or perform quite like you envisioned, it could be more forgettable. For the record, to backtrack just a smidge here, when I say drunkest shit at the show, I'm not saying don't have drinks at a show. If that's your thing, then by all means, have some tasty cold ones. I know I do, absolutely. But I also know... There's a not-so-fine line between having a couple cold ones and going completely overboard. If I'm going to have some extra drinks, I'll take that shit elsewhere. After the show, at the very least. You know, I want to remember the performance and not be a pain in the ass for anyone I'm going to the show with or people in the vicinity. You know what's overboard? It's when you're past the point of no return and into the land of security escort. That's fucking overboard. It's a place no one should be in at a live show. When they're scraping you up off the ground after you just crushed your seventh $14 beer with no hands. Yeah, that's overboard. Or when you melt into your seat and throw up into some empty beer cups you found underneath your row that weren't even yours. And that you thought were empty. That's overboard, mate, and that's a huge concert foul. I'm sorry, bud. It's the truth, bud. You know, you you can't be doing that. Those are just quick examples of the people I'm talking about when I say drunk as shit at the show. There's always got to be at least one person somewhere, especially depending on the genre of music you're seeing live, right? It's not some mythical secret or anything. It's fact. A live concert for, I don't know, say Legend of Zelda... Symphony of the Goddesses with a 66-piece orchestra and 24-person choir will most likely not have obnoxious drunks all over the place. You know? Versus, say, Black Sabbath with, with Gojira opening for them, or Alexis on Fire, or even someone like Eminem, who are all much more likely to have obnoxious drunks paired with some moshing or even some drugs, maybe, or whatever. But again... That's a very polar opposite comparison, obviously. I'm just saying, the artists you're going to see live will have an influence as to the potential types of crowds you'll get. Potential crowds, not saying every single person attending will be a certain way. (laughs) You know, know, I'm not calling anyone degenerates for liking certain groups here. That's not what I mean, but hopefully you get what I'm saying. You, You know what it's like. If you've been to a show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Gotta have some coffee here. Tasty, tasty morning coffee. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Back to the music. I enjoy a massively wide amount of different music. Pretty much anything from hard rock to rap to pop to indie or folk or oldies hell 
even to country now. Yeah, even country. Who would have thought? Uh, I honestly used to despise country music, but yeah, now I don't mind it as much. I still can't handle hardcore country stuff that basically shits out pickup trucks and beers 20 times in a single song. But artists like Johnny Cash, George Jones, or Eric Church, really, I don't mind a single bit. I actually quite enjoy them. I mean, especially Cash. Jesus, love me some Cash tunes, you know? And sidetrack here. If you like reading biographies, especially on musicians, there's a book that's super interesting called Johnny Cash, The Life, written by Robert Hilburn, that I would highly recommend, even if you know some of the highlights of his life. Uh, uh, There's more in there that's super interesting and more detailed than a movie like Walk the Line could ever be. Even if you don't really enjoy his music, he has quite an interesting story, I gotta say. I mean, a lot of musicians do. You know, people in, in, the, in the industry. But him especially. Uh, there, and there's a decent amount of great biographies out there, and I've read some, some real good ones. But I should try finding one, actually. I haven't read, maybe uh, do a bit on that even. That'd be kind of fun. Noted. Back to live shows. Uh, I actually have a bucket list of shows I'd like to see, even if I may never get to see them live. It's just sort of a dream list, if you will. It's a a relatively decent size. Uh, You know, not. I'm not going to go on forever here, but I will. I will list these artists because I. These uh, these are artists I genuinely really would love to see live before they aren't performing anymore. You know what I mean? So, anyways, here we are. So, artists on this dream list of mine, if you will, uh, they include Wolf Mother, Death Cab for Cutie. Sadly, I missed them when they played Riff in 2014, and that actually stung because it was Chris Walla's last show with them. Uh, anyways, um, the Naked and Famous, Atreyu, Sons of the East. Alestorm, great fucking band. If you haven't heard of Alestorm, look them up. Uh, Elenium, All That Remains, Phoenix, Thrice, Silverstein, Pop Evil, Winter Sleep, Dermot Kennedy, Data Life, Blink-182, I know, you're, you're going, is he still going? Oh my god. The Blue Stones, another great band, Catfish and the Bottleman, Seether, Griffin, Trivium, Red, and Volbeat. Gotta get some Volbeat live one day. Holy shit. Uh, But like I said, I enjoy a pretty wide variety. And there's always more. But those are the main ones left for me that I'd love to see if I can. Now, just for fun, if I had to make an epic dream list of any artist that I wanted to see regardless of time... So, uh, yeah, regardless of being dead, split up, not original members or retired or what have you, you know, if if I was to conjure up some sort of magical wish list, epic dream wish list, uh, that would probably look like Johnny Cash, Bachman Turner Overdrive, BTO for some people, Queen, Ray Charles, Deep Purple, Linkin Park. I never got to see Linkin Park live. B.B. King. The Beatles. Nirvana. A Flock of Seagulls. 
Michael Jackson thriller era, emphasis on that, Dean Martin, Led Zeppelin, The Guess Who, and Shiny Toy Guns. And hell, Eric Clapton. I know he was touring uh, last year, but I figure he'll be retiring before I know it probably, so I'm just going to throw it on this side. Um, I mean, it's really like a bulk of the holy grail of lists, so I'm sure lots of people would have similar ones. You know, <laughs> you know not a secret list of any kind, but continuing on. Uh, the thing I love about music is that everyone has their own tastes. If you're into mainstream artists like Katy Perry or Ed Sheeran or hell, even One Direction, I don't care. That's totally cool. That's your preference, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some of it burns my eardrums, but hey, you listen to what you like. Or maybe you're into uh, the, the indie music scene and enjoy listening to artists like Half Moon Run or Bombay Bicycle Club. That's totally cool. The spectrum of what defines good music is so intangible, no one can say that what you like isn't valid. Just because I can't stand Lady Gaga doesn't mean anything to, to people who listen to her albums on a daily basis and genuinely enjoy them. You know, they couldn't care less about what I have to say because they enjoy the music and that's all that matters. Thievesy, my bud. I'll have you know, I am currently embarking on a mainstream musical cleanse right now, and I can confirm all of what you're saying. At first, I thought Lady Gaga was a baby product that made him look slightly more sophisticated. But no, lo and behold, she's a singer, bud. And she was playing just moments ago and singing about casinos or something, whatever the fuck, and it was just sublime. I love my mainstream, okay? Alright, I don't give a wrinkled shit what you say. Mainstream. When I first started playing music, I didn't care what the music was. I just wanted to play an instrument, you know? Uh, I started on a bass guitar that my older brother rented from Long and McQuaid. And, <laughs> I know. And the first thing I learned was sort of a, a bass essential for beginners, I feel like, which is Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. But bass guitar is huge. A lot of people don't give enough credit to it, I find. When in actuality, if you listen to a song, it would be almost nothing without it. Side note, while we're at it, if you are actually wanting to learn guitar, bass is a great place to start. I always tell people it's great because you can get a feel for the instrument and not have to make those full chords and the strings are thicker, so it's easier on your fingers, uh, just stuff like that. It's a great way to learn the basics. Okay, 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 okay. That was awful. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> you kind of loved it. You smirked a little bit. Okay, I'm going to list my top 10 live music experiences, uh, which will include standard concerts, as well as music festivals. Okay, everybody here, we got coffee, we got tea, or whatever the hell you're drinking. Nothing at all? Okay, great, good. Let's go! Coming in at number 10 to start us off, multiple artists at Rifflandia Festival. By the way, uh, these are all, with the exception of a couple, gonna be in BC. 
just to be clear at the start here, just so you know. But Rifflandia Festival has been euphoric for Victorians like myself for the past 12 or so years. Granted, it pulled shoot last year and likely will this year for different reasons. But nonetheless, hopping around from daytime to nighttime venues all around... Daytime, nighttime, all you know, around the city with buds um, is something somewhat of an annual tradition for me. I'd be lying if I said I could pinpoint my favorite exact experience from this festival as there's just been so many. Um, I think just the experience of getting the chance to discover a lot of different artists that I had never known anything about before is pretty cool, you know, in itself, right? That's, that's the great things about music festivals. You know, you get to discover artists that you normally would never check out, you know, as a solo act, maybe, but, you know, you go hear them live, you know, on your way to some other show that you're excited about and you're like, whoa, damn, you know, they're pretty good. Loads of great artists have come and gone to perform here at Riff, and hopefully uh, many more will continue to do so. Coming in at number 9 is the Head in the Heart at Commodore Ballroom. The Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, BC is my favorite venue for a standard show, hands down. Uh, I've, I've said that for years now, and it still is to this day. Nothing's beaten it, you know, for me personally. So seeing the head and the heart there was a really fun time. If you've never listened to them, uh, they're an indie folk group from Seattle, Washington, and they're incredible live performers. They're one of the rare groups that actually sound almost better live, if you can believe it. Uh, they're very good at what they do, especially in more intimate environments like the ballroom. I think what I love so much about the venue is the openness of it, but it is still that sort of more intimate venue um, you have the dance floor center stage, and then surrounding it is seating with tables. And it's a really great environment to catch a show and enjoy some drinks and food. It's just, I don't know, I don't know how to really explain it. It's just a very cool vibe there, and it's just a ton of fun. Coming in at number 8, Our Lady Peace at Savon Foods Memorial Arena. This was my very first concert that I ever went to. I was only in grade 7 or 8. I don't even remember which grade. I was in middle school. And at the end of the show, I managed to grab Steve Mazur's autograph on a t-shirt I bought at the merch stand. Still have it. Hanging in the closet. Um, I was on cloud 9 that night. You know, being only in middle school and starting to play guitar myself, I would look up to that guy so much. Steve Mazur, for those who don't know, is Our Lady Peace's lead guitarist, and the dude can shred. He may not seem like it. He might just seem like an average lead guitarist, but he, the dude can shred. Um, he replaced their original lead guitarist, Mike Turner, back in, I think it was 2001 or 2002, something like that. Anyways, it was an incredible show. Uh, even though Rain Maida, gotta say, not the best live singer I've ever seen, sadly. It was all still great music, though, and um, they were my favorite band at the time, So, and I still do love their music, so I'm glad to say that uh, that was my first you know, live show ever. I'd actually be interested to know what any of your first shows were. If you guys do have Twitter, let me know at the Loop Syrup page. I'm genuinely curious. What was your very first show you ever went to? Coffee time! Plunk. 
<laughs> clunk. Like all my sound effects. Clunkity clunk. Coming in at number seven. Mumford and Sons at Holland Park. Now, okay. Okay. These guys are a tough act to get tickets for. Or at least they were back when they were the talk of the town. You know, everyone was talking about Mumford and Sons. Their music was all over the radio. They just sort of came out of nowhere. To me, anyways. I All of a sudden, it was just fucking Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. Marcus Mumford and his sons. But it's not actually his sons. Anyways, that just people were saying that. Um, these, I gotta, yeah. I gotta say, there's a damn good reason why they were talk of the town. These guys don't just, they don't just play music. They fucking feel it coursing through their veins. And it is completely explosive on stage. Like, whether you love or hate folk rock music, there's no way to deny that they're good at what they do. You know, I I stayed in I think the best Western King George in Surrey for this show. You know, like for the for the night before, so that early the next morning I could get in line to to enter when the gates open. Since Holland Park isn't assigned seating, of course, and it was well worth it. I was not disappointed. Like that hotel was just down the road. Oh my God, it was just magnificent. The fun thing that actually happened uh, at the show, someone had proposed using a flying sign right above the show with a, a plane and everything. So that's kind of fun. It's kind of a unique little story. Well, more so for that person who actually proposed for me. I just get to see it and tell it on a podcast like it's something extraordinary. But I guess it's not really that great. Good good for them, though. <laughs> good, good for them. <laughs> oh, dear. But Mumford & Sons, one of my favorite bands, and... I mean, I didn't get the same Grace tattoo as Marcus for nothing. So, great show. Coming in at number six is Big Wild and Cascade at Seawee's Sunset Festival. This was a surprisingly epic experience. Seawee's is the half-marathon event that takes place in Vancouver uh, every year, hosted by Lululemon. But after the marathon, there's a small same-day music festival. Yeah, Like an epic after-party. And it was at a great venue. I didn't know what to expect because I'd never been before until last summer. Uh, but the Brockton Oval at Stanley Park is an awesome venue for a show. The sound quality was really good. It was spacious enough. Albeit the porta potty situation was fucking atrocious. But eh, a bathroom gong show couldn't even bring me down from the music high I was riding that evening. And I, I can't wait to check it out again whenever things are, are given the all clear because there's nothing like a great patio lunch with some tasty, refreshing, cold craft brews in Vancouver's gas town than being transported by bus, which was included with ticket purchase, by the way, to Stanley Park for some great tunes with your buds. It was only uh, 48 bucks. I'll, I'll round up. I'll say 50 even. But 50 bucks for a great show? With a ride to and from? Well worth. Easy. Coming in at number five. Avenge Sevenfold, Breaking Benjamin, and Bullet for My Valentine at the Pacific Coliseum. This show had easily the best intro by an opening act that I've ever seen. I love Bullet for My Valentine, but I had no idea they were capable of something so epic. Honestly. I imagined that they would open with your betrayal, and then when they actually did it, 
it was just beyond what I even imagined. Like, it was the coolest fucking goosebump moment. I, you know, I was shooketh, if you will. I don't use that word very often because I think it's ridiculous, but I was. And then we got Breaking Benjamin, and I've had them on my bucket list for years. So to actually see them live and cross them off finally, it was pretty surreal. I, I really enjoyed their performance, even though Ben doesn't sound anywhere like he used to. But I know he's been through a lot with his alcohol issues and everything. He's not awful, don't get me wrong. But he's nowhere even remotely close to his full potential. You know, or what he was in his heyday, if you will. Still, an epic show, especially when he busted out a lightsaber and did the Imperial March on the drums. I was like, okay then, I'm here for this, bro. And finally, A7X came on, and I, I don't know, they just hit different than a lot of other artists I've seen. If you've seen them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. M Shadows is a treasure. All of them are, but my god. So entertaining, and these guys sound almost better live than their recordings. Again, like when I mentioned the head and the heart earlier. Don't know how, but it's true. They're so good live, and I will see them again and again and again any chance I get. And their you know, their new album is actually really good too, so hopefully they'll come around for another visit when things settle. Coming in at number four is Foo Fighters at Rogers Arena. I have seen Foo Fighters, I think, at least four times now. And I, somehow it's always better and better each time. Like Avenged and Head in the Heart, but on a, on a different note even. Foo Fighters are just that, I don't know, they got that extra kick live. And you can't beat Dave Grohl, in my personal opinion, as far as a lead live entertainer goes. Grohl is, is king to me. He's he's insane. And the energy he pours out is overwhelmingly contagious. You know, he knows damn well we can't not sing along, you know, with any of the best, you know, best of me or Everlong or my hero. He he can really control the crowd. He does it effortlessly, you know, like he knows we can't not sing to those. He has us wrapped around his finger. Even, you know, when he was on the throne after he broke his leg, the dude still dishes out one of the best performances ever. Somehow he still does it. Shitload of painkillers maybe helped. People were right when they, you know, they'd say, just sitting and playing guitar isn't difficult, though. And while this may be true, the dude still fucking broke his leg. And he's here playing for you, giving 110%. Uh... <laughs> Color me impressed. That's not so easy. And during that show specifically, actually, I got some of the best photos I think I've ever taken at a concert. It's kind of cool. The Rock Throne was epic, and I'll just never forget that, you know. It's a group of super talent, all of them, not just Dave Grohl. They're all great, but especially Grohl. Coming in at number three, Metallica and Avenged Sevenfold at BC Place. This is the best standard concert I've ever been to. Maybe it was the buds. Maybe it was just the beverages we consumed. But I guarantee the music is what tied it all together. I'll be honest. I went to this show at first more for A7X. Before the show, I mean, yeah, I like Metallica. Of course I did. Who doesn't? 
but this show is what made me love Metallica. After I saw them, I was like, holy shit, now I really know why they're so big. It's because they're so damn good. I became a big fan afterwards, and I've never looked back. Of course, back to A7X. Yes, I had to see them again, and I'm glad I did. I would do it again. Like I said earlier, they just released a new album, so hopefully when the coronavirus decides to have some mercy on us, God, ease up, or if we ever get a vaccine some year, I have no idea, but hopefully I can see them on tour again. Because A7X is easily one of my top favorite artists to see live. And, to say on the side, Afterlife is my favorite Avenged song. Just had to throw that in there. Threw that. Just had to throw that in there. Throw that in there. God damn it! Coming into number two. Multiple artists at 2014 Paradiso Festival at the Gorge. Coffee! Coffee! Coffee, coffee! Clunk. But yes, multiple artists at the 2014 Paradiso Festival at the Gorge. This was a complete twist of normalcy for me, folks. I had never been to a standard electronic music show, let alone an electronic festival spanning over the course of an entire weekend. No idea what I was in for. Yeah, It was pretty much how you'd expect such an event to go, though. Lots of dancing, jumping, lots of drinking, lots of partial nudity... Uh, and lots of MDMA and other unknown drugs. I can't say I did any wild or hard stuff myself. Having a heart condition, that's not what I'm about. If you're safe and you know what you've got, by all means, you do you. Just for the love of God, be careful. But I'm not one to judge. Just be fucking careful. Uh, if (laughs) If you want to see those sound waves, you go for it. Okay, but personally, I'm good with alcohol. That's enough for me, and I think I can say I definitely earned the title of drunkest shit at the show, but in comparison to the highest fuck at the festival, I'd say I was looking pretty damn good. Seriously, those people higher than Mount Everest would be tripping while some dude with light-up fingertip gloves would be swirling, twirling, and whatever in front of their faces as they were staring in amazement, drooling, and I'd just be like, eh, Maybe I'm in pretty good shape after all. Fuck it, let's have another one. Right? (laughs) They're just like oozing, drooling. (laughs) I can't be that bad. Right? (laughs) But uh, there was an incident that started us off, actually, at the very beginning. Right when we arrived, no drugs involved. No joke. It was like 10 to 15 minutes of having parked in our campsite. Literally. Like, we just got there. Uh, I went with my buddies who were brothers and one of the brothers' girlfriends at the time, and one of the brothers dropped to the ground and seized after we had all shotgunned a beer to celebrate our arrival at the event. Sort of, uh, um, Chris in the campsite, if you will. You know, it was just, just a fun little thing we were going to do. None of us had taken anything to provoke this it just sort of just the one beer that's it uh anyways long story short he went to the hospital overnight thankfully was okay but had to go home it would have been too risky to ignore advice from doctors in the states because if anything else was to happen while he was over there travel insurance would have basically just said take a fucking hike sorry you had to miss the festival andy one day we'll go again 
Now, to get into the amazing music, sorry, that there was lots of experience at this festival. All that stuff with Andy was terrifying and horrible, uh, but once we knew he was going to be okay, that was at least a positive to take away, even though he couldn't be with us. And he wanted us to have a good time and enjoy it, so in honor of him, I guess you could say, we partied our faces off, respectively. We got to see great performances from W&W, Seven Lions, Cruella, Above and Beyond, Zed, Dioro, The Chainsmokers, Wolfgang Gartner, Audion, Bass Nectar, Cash Cash, Keys and Crates, and a ton more. Managing to get backstage for Zed probably was one of the major highlights for me. Just getting to party with a bunch of awesome people and looking out at the massive crowd from the front of the amphitheater. That was a, that was a pretty sweet time. The photos I got, they always slap a stupid-ass smirk on my face. Great festival, aside from that incident. <laughs> and finally, coming in at number one, multiple artists at the 2013 Sasquatch Festival at the Gorge. Again, at the Gorge. The Gorge. I've only been to this music festival once, and it had the most stacked lineup I've personally ever been to. Oh, oh my god, you guys. Okay. Just thinking about it again. Um, just let me list some of the artists I got to see. The Postal Service. Mumford & Sons. Of course, this was right after seeing them in Holland Park. I mean that literally. Um, the Lumineers. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, when Ryan Lewis was still around. The XX. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Block Party. Cake. Arctic Monkeys, Steve Aoki, Imagine Dragons, and LJ. That, that's just to name some. Um, there were more, of course. But seeing all those artists at one festival and at a beautiful venue, like the Gorge Amphitheater, is nothing short of incredible. Again, it's the same place as Paradiso, I know. And there's good reason why both festivals are in the top two spots. There's such great sound quality at the Gorge, and more than enough space, with a solid slant, I must say. So every spot really gives a good view of the artists, as well as the breath, the breathtaking, the breathtaking uh, backdrop. You know, as a huge added bonus. Um, the experience was made even better, also by the presence of meet and greet booths. Not everyone was doing them, but one group that was at the booth was Imagine Dragons. Uh, and this was at the time that they just started gaining, you know, major popularity on mainstream radio. And so, of course, I was stoked at the time to meet them. And they're super friendly dudes. And Dan Reynolds, for the record, is one extremely tall dude. I think he's like 6'4 or something around that. Jesus. Add some boots, like 6'6? I don't know. Not a person I got to meet off stage. actually. This wasn't at a booth or anything was uh, Jade Castrinos from Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I don't even think she's with them anymore, but... So that, was, that makes that experience all the more cool. I don't even remember what she was doing. She was just chilling low-key off to the side before their set, and she she also seemed very kind and very genuine. She was very cool about taking photos together. Uh, you know, these are just added bonuses to the overall experience. The music was just above and beyond. Um... And it's just some of the reasons why it was the best live music event of my life so far. But I hope it can be topped. Because I'm always looking forward to another great concert or festival. 
It's sad to think, you know, we don't know when we'll ever get another festival or even be able to attend a standard show at all, for that matter. But I'm hopeful it's within, you know, maybe the next couple years or so. I, I really miss going to live shows, you know, with groups of buds and just having a really great time. You know, grab some dinner pre-show, then hang out after at a pub, or even just back at the hotel, you know, just casually just chill. You know, maybe grab some late night za to top it off. Post-show za is the best. The best! But anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Loot Syrup. I hope you enjoyed it. Some of it, anyways. Uh, We'll definitely talk about more music again at some point. It's inevitable, right? But until the next episode next week, be kind, be epic, and laugh on, my friends. Take care. Mm Music